Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Jeff, welcome to It's TechTastic. It's lovely to have you here. Great to be here. So you've actually done some really incredible things. And the fact that you're a stand-up comedian and an entrepreneur seems an unlikely pairing. And so I'm really curious how you found your way to doing both those two things. Well, I was an entrepreneur before I was a comedian, but you know, comedians really are entrepreneurs. You know, anybody in that kind of creative world that is trying to make a living, they're a single person, an individual usually, right? And they got to get gigs and they got to, you know, set up their tours and, you know, think of them as like a professional speaker almost, right? Except their job is to go to clubs late at night and make you laugh versus uh, jot down notes the whole 45 minutes <laughs> so you can take back a nugget to your work who paid for you to be there. You know, so in, in that sense, being a comedian, I think, is at its heart as entrepreneurial as you can get because it is. It's all hustle. So, you know, I thought you were going to go into uh, a very high pain tolerance, a high degree of acceptance of rejection <laughs> and, and uh, love getting in front of people and having them tell you, I don't like it. Because it seems like both of those endeavors, that's true a lot. Like I know I pitch my company all the time and I get a lot of yeses, which is wonderful, but I have to get through a mountain of no's to get there. And that rejection part, you have to have a high tolerance for. And I imagine comedy is the same way. Well, yes, you kind of hit it on the head pretty well there. Comedy, when you're starting out, can be the best of times and the worst of times when you're on stage. So I have been on stage in front of hundreds of people that I was not connecting with. They were not laughing, right? So when you're doing a speech, a lot of times when uh, a speaker speaks, there is no real gas from the audience that they're waiting for, right? I mean, right. it's just that they're just listening. So there is no, as long as they present it, they've succeeded in what they were doing. Hopefully they inspired someone if that was their goal. If you're a comedian and you're doing comedy, if there isn't constant laughter, you're failing. It's it's an it's a much different experience, right? So when I'm speaking and doing comedy, and I've had moments, especially early on, where you, you can lose yourself, you can your confidence can get thrown, you know, you're just not connecting. Maybe there's only three people in the audience. I mean, right? And so you have to stay up there. You can't leave. You can't leave. Not if you want to do it again. And <laughs> You know, so I've gone through moments like that where 25 minutes where you just do anything you can to survive. And, you know, I used to work at Little Caesars corporate. People were like, you don't have an issue talking with the CEO. I go, I've gone through things that have been more painful in my life than anything. No, I'm not afraid to talk to anyone because nobody has the ability to make me feel as uncomfortable as it is in front of 300 people that are just staring at you, wondering why you are there. It's just, there's just my frame of reference that I have is so great that I can handle almost anything else. 
Uh, there's there's been some amazing comedians that I think that their entire premise is like once they started digging that hole, they lost the audience. Was to see how deep the holes they could dig. It was to see how uncomfortable they could make the entire situation, because maybe internally that was funny to them. And I know I have that streak in myself because I've bombed on stage. Not I don't do stand up comedy, but I've definitely given a presentation that I looked out and it was a sea of glazed eyes. Right, like just everybody was somewhere else, and I was like. Well, they're not listening anyway. Let's see if I can re-engage them by doing something that is so shocking or uh, so disturbing that they're like, "Wait, what did that guy just say?" And because to me it was entertaining, uh, and at that point, what the hell? Like, you got nothing to lose. There is something about watching somebody self-spire and self-deprecate. It only gets you so far. It just—it's more of a defense mechanism to get you through it, right? Because, like I said, you can't get off stage. Like when you're doing comedy, right? The show is set up very specific. So if it's a three-person show, first person does ten minutes, the second person does twenty minutes, let's say, and let's say the headliner does forty-five minutes, right? Well, if I bail after ten minutes, that show still has to be that many minutes long, which means I'm screwing the guy that comes after me because either he has to then you know do his time and then yeah. know the show goes early and he'll be held accountable, not rightfully so, but. For not going long and filling in the time, I screw him, right? So it's the same way. The other way, if somebody goes long, they're screwing the people that come after them as well, because there's only so much mental capacity people can take in, and you know, and so it's it's a balance. So one of the things that comes up quite frequently when you're starting a company is you get to the pitch, and the pitch is about captivating and grabbing an audience. The you know the uh, the investor first, uh, later the customer actually. If you're doing it really smart, the customer first, and maybe later the investor. But、uh, I've never, I've never really figured that one out. But it, it continues to be true as you start to build the marketing campaign to go out and grab attention. And comedy tends to be one of the ones that sticks with people and they share. It can become viral in ways that nothing else really can. Like being clever and pointing something out that's interesting doesn't get shared nearly as much as being clever and pointing out something that's funny. For that、right. reason, I think that、uh, at least with my own ventures, we've always tried to make it funny, something that I would want to share、uh, as part of our marketing thing. But as not a comedian, it's hard to know how to craft that, and it's very, very difficult for it to land well. And so,、uh, what I'm asking is, like, you've done ventures, and one of the things that you're doing today is Stampede.Social, which is the quickest way to get your fans directly to your content. And I'm curious, is it reliant on the things you've learned being a stand-up comedian to help drive that audience and that engagement? So, I think when you create content on any platform. It doesn't have to be funny, but you can think of it as you can just be a little more personable or more personal. That also can replace funny in terms of people how they respond to it. I always tell people, don't try to be funny if you're not funny. And you can learn to be funny, especially on social media. You just look and see what other people are doing, mimic memes. You know, like where everyone, you know, those memes where everyone kind of jumps on and puts their own version of it out there. Or just see what other people are doing that makes their content work. There's formats that you can plug into, and then you can get better at the formats. Anything about comedy or being humorous or、uh, delightful is just really about kind of being very realistic with whatever you're writing and being a, an accurate judge of why something maybe didn't work. Like I've written something and then go.、Mm. I'd use this word instead of that word. That probably would have landed. I don't think people knew what that word meant in context to what I was saying, or something like that. Even though it was brilliant when I was writing it, 
right? Um, so there's things like that where you have to kind of self-analyze the things that you're doing and, and trying to figure out why something worked. And that can mean different things to different people. And it depends on your brand. And by brand, I mean, you know, whether you're an individual, whatever your persona is, you know, how that then relates to it. Cause you gotta be true to that as well. You have to be consistent, you know, with your voice and your point of views and, and how you kind of come at things. I mean, if you're like serious, 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 and then you do some weird thing, it's going to throw people more than you know, then if that's just the way you are, you know what I mean? So most of the comedians I've met in my life have been incredibly sharp. Like they're really good at seeing something in the world in a way that others aren't. And then their intelligence allows them to like spin and play with it. And comedy is one of the weird things in human existence that it's one of the few things that might make us distinct from all other animals. I mean, I, I, I've always wondered what's like, what's the science behind this? How does, how does comedy work? What's the formulas that allow us to think something's funny? There has to be something underlying it all because it's a tripwire in the brain or something's happening, right? Right. Well, I mean, there's a basic rule of three. If you're watching a comedian, they'll list things out. They just start saying things. The third one's a twist and that's where you laugh. Like, you know, when I'm with my wife and we do this, this and this. And the third one is more out of left field that catches you off guard and that's why you laugh. But it's also relatable and probably something you think, but would never maybe say yourself, or you think, but you never thought it was a thing. And then when somebody says it, you're like, oh my God, yes. And so you can relate to it in that way, but it's sort of putting the absurdities of life front and center. And yeah, I mean, comedians do have, I think, I like to call it like a 360 view. We, we see things a little differently than perhaps other people do that allow us to kind of derive conclusions differently, not better, just differently, right? And, you know, like I once said something to a waitress once and she goes, oh, you're not the first one to say it. I said, but was I the fastest to say it? <laughs> I don't care if I wasn't the first. I'm more curious if I responded faster than everyone else. You know, so it's it's that kind of thing. It's a warped way that's kind of see the world and then be able to tell stories in that vein. And that relates to building your startup and trying to get a message across, right? Like, especially right now, if you're doing AI or anything, frankly, in the tech sector, it's hard to get noticed. There's just a thousand competitors to anything going on right now. And getting noticed becomes job one for any founder that really wants to be successful in it. Absolutely. So if somebody was trying to increase their engagement on like Instagram, I. Instagram to me is an odd one for a tech startup. I tend to think LinkedIn, right? Or Stack Overflow, maybe. It's not really social, but uh, I tend to think in those places. But I want you to challenge me on that. Why would Instagram be a good place for a technology company to start developing an audience and a, a brand? Well, LinkedIn is a, is a closed off thing. You know, LinkedIn is kind of, my wife calls it, Facebook with a bow tie or whatever. You know, I mean, it's so, really good. And and from a technology point of view, they don't let you in. You don't see many third party things. And a lot of these DM automation things, I think, are a little hacked in there. I've looked at the APIs. They don't let you do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so Instagram is undeniably one of the largest platforms. But the problem with Instagram as it exists is that it has a lot of shortcomings with it. You can't actively deliver links to people. You have to send them to a link in bio. Think about that for a second, right? You're at a post, you're seeing something, 
Oh, this is a great episode of the podcast. Okay, I'm gonna go to their profile now, and then I'm gonna go to their link in bio, and then I'm gonna click on that and hope that link tree is clear enough then even has the link that I'm looking for in it, or it's a web page that looks like their entire Instagram. And then I gotta find the image. I gotta remember what the image was that I was looking at and then I have to click on it. And then that takes me to their web page. But that was also a web page. So now I'm like four clicks away from even being on Instagram anymore. And then hopefully if I'm not exhausted, I can now enjoy the content that I wanted to enjoy. But that's also assuming that people are ready to digest or ingest the content that you're offering them at the moment they discover that it exists, right? That's usually not the case. Right. And when people save stuff, I don't know about you, I always joke back to LinkedIn, I could retire on the knowledge I have accumulated and saved on LinkedIn if only I could find it. <laughs> yeah, so with Stampede Social, we basically created an app that basically makes Instagram better, literally and figuratively, in the sense that everything that it has in terms of shortcomings, we fill in the blanks. So we need to get links to people. You can only do that through DMs, you comment, it creates an automated DM with the link that you set up in a campaign. It takes five seconds to set it up, you can automate all this stuff and get your content going to people where they're at. And then it's in their DM. You know, they can click on that anytime they want. When someone comes yeah. across this podcast episode, right? And it goes, oh, okay, it's 20 minutes long. Do I, I don't have 20 minutes. I only have five minutes. So they have a choice. Either try and remember, which they're never going to remember to come back. Or they could just say, okay, I'll request it. And it's in my DM. And now I know it's there. Your DM is much more personal than whatever saved option that you have to dig and find on any of these platforms. So one, you can create your, almost your own to-do list, but a lot of people love doing post-level giveaways. So we created it where you can view the post and it has a winner selection tool built into it. So you can just execute that off the comments that come in off a post. Legitimately though, all the comments, not like one of those apps that just randomly grabs one because we collect all the comments that come in for every reel and post and Instagram live event. So it's basically an engagement database. So you can start to really understand these are my top fans. These are the people who are engaging with me. I can actually now as a tech company, B&B company, entrepreneur, comedian, podcaster, anybody, dive into all the comments that are being made at the post level, real level, and it, it just one full database of it all and see what people are talking about. Like, right, so people comment on this post when it goes live and they go, oh, I wish they had talked about this. And then you go, oh, that's a future episode. Right. But now it's all there. You have easy access to it, which you've never had access to this kind of content before because it's just, it's all in that app and you can't get to it. Right. It's just, it's just, you know, there. As you were describing that, it, it was very clear broken, right? Like if you've ever done e-commerce or any type of web optimization for conversion, you know that that's just nuts. Like if it takes me more than two clicks to get to what I'm trying to, I just give up. It's pretty common. Right. Um, and so what you're doing with Stampede Social is you're fixing that problem. You're helping the conversion problem of the various social platforms that failed in the same way over and over. And as you were describing, I was like, God damn it. Why am I not using this already? Like I should be using this for the podcast. I should be using it for the company. It's very clearly one of the things that we've been struggling with. And we've been looking at like HubSpot and some of those platforms, but they seem overly burdensome and uh, difficult to even onboard. 
Yeah, I mean, we purposely made it very simple. It also tracks user-generated content, which isn't something podcasters generally do, but if you're like an author or you sell t-shirts, right? Or something like that, or book, you know, then you tell them, hey, use this hashtag and tag me, and they'll pull all that in. Mm. These are all things that people do on Instagram, but they're only easy to put into motion and impossible to manage and measure. And so we fixed all that. That's what we're most proud of. And it's real simple. So to me, it's like there's pieces of this that you could have in different platforms. But I like to think of this as sort of like, I don't know if Swiss Army Knife is the right way to say it, but like, you know, like, like with Microsoft Word, you know how to uh, make a font bigger, you can bold, you can italics, maybe if you're fancy, you know how to strike through, right? But there's meaning like you can do five things. Same thing with Excel. You can do five things really good in Excel, right? But they both do a thousand things. So Stampede Social is those best things all packaged together in one easy thing. So it's like, I'm a content creator also. I'm a comedian, I'm a podcaster. So I get the struggle. And so, you know, and I happen to be a tech entrepreneur. So it's just a marriage made in heaven for me. Fantastic. Hey, Jeff, it was wonderful having you on the episode. I had a great time. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. And that's a wrap for this episode of Techtastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious.